3-0 up and have won the Ashes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Life in Sport podcast. We are joined by, honestly, a very special guest. I watched him on TV on Aussie Goes Barmy, Aussie Goes Bolly back in the day. His name is Gus Wall, and thank you very much for joining us. And how's your day going? It's a pleasure, mate. No, it's a good day so far. It's mid-morning, and... I'm having my first cup of tea. I must admit, it's been a little bit busy this morning, but mm-hmm. looking forward to chat to you and uh, just relaxing a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll be nothing but a relaxing chat, I hope. Um, so let's get started. Um, obviously, me being uh, a bit younger, I really only sort of knew who you were from the Aussie Goes Barmy, but was there anything that you did journalism or TV-wise before that? No, no, I was very lucky. I basically stumbled across this opportunity when I was 38, I was a salesman up until then mm-hmm. selling us various bits of kit, but the last eight years have been selling Toshiba laptop computers. And, uh, uh, you know, I suppose it's well known now. My best friend in the world is Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman and he, but unfortunately he's a manly supporter. He is unfortunately, but that's we like, won't hold that against him. No, we won't. And, um, basically Jacko was over in London with Woody Allen uh, yep. doing a movie. And he bumped into Ricky Ponting, who at the time was the Australian cricket captain. This was 2005. Yep. And Ricky said, look, the boys would love you to come along, perhaps come into the sheds afterwards and give us all a bit of a lift. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. Most amazing days of cricket. Uh, won the Lord's Test match. Yes. Uh, went in, yep. spent a couple of hours with the boys, and he invited me to go with him. So we just had this couple of hours having beers and you know, chatting wow. to the players, Warney walking around in the nude, Ricky Ponning <laughs> holding court, Langer and Hayden in one corner, Gillespie and, and Lee in oh, ice baths in the other. Mate, Just a list know, of legends right there. Of course. And Jacko and I used to score the test match back in Sydney, back when we were little. We used to get the ABC cricket book, which came out each summer, and we'd score the test match. We just were absolute tragics. And yep. um, for us, it was a dream come true. But talking to the players now, since I've got to know them, it was a dream come true for them as well. It was this sort of mutual love in. And from that, the idea of wouldn't it be lovely to get to know the Australian cricket team a little bit more. Jacko started a production company with his wife in Sydney the year later. Yep. And the timing was we'd lost that series in the end after winning that yep. first Lord's Test. And um, they were coming to Australia and there was a whole lot of legends, as you said, that Absolutely. wanted to win that Ashes back. So what happened was we decided to come up with a TV idea, which was produced by his company. And I was the person that he thought would be perfect to live with the Barmy Army and to sort yeah. of live the series through their eyes. So I went from being a salesman at Toshiba yep. and taking six months off to do this TV gig to doing it and it going really well. And we did then an Aussie Goes Bolly, then we yes. did an Aussie Goes Calypso. And then off yep. the back of Calypso, I was promoting that on Triple M Radio one morning and the boss of Triple M was listening between uh, the airport and the station in a cab. And he went, wow, this guy can tell a story. I might whack him in my new breakfast show, which he was planning, which was like a sports blokey breakfast up in Sydney. So I went from 38 years of age, no media at all, to just before my 40th birthday, I had done four TV shows and (laughs) I was on breakfast radio. So it was a bit um, bit of whirlwind. It was, it was. And moving from England at the time with my English wife and three children who were all in primary school, yes. moving them back to moving them back to Sydney as well. So it was it was a big time for us as a family. Absolutely. And how did your wife uh, handle losing the ashes 5-0 in the year that you're in the Barmy Army? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
she's more of a she, she's a PE teacher. She's very sporty, mm-hmm. uh, but she's also one of those people that um, has sort of grown up with an English team that wasn't particularly good. So she was yeah. sort of used to it, and she saw the momentum that came from you know Hayden Langer, McGrath, Warren, um, Martin. You know yeah. those blokes were all playing their last series, and yeah, they were. You could just tell, you know, there's no way that they were going to not win that series on Australian yeah. soil. And the fact they bashed them up so much was, oh, was incredible. That was, that was my first ever Ashes that I remember actually watching every single game, every single day. Like like you, as you said, you were a tragic riding down the scores every day. I was, I can't remember how old I was. I, was, I was, think I was 05, so 06. I would have been 10 or 11. And I straight up had to bowl 100 balls at my, at my wickets at my front yard every morning. Every day of that test, it was so amazing. It was like, yeah. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. And then to see the Aussie goes barmy, which is where I knew, like, knew you from TV. It was amazing to see. And now I'm interviewing you, Sash Chinwagon, with you. It's literally, like you said, a dream come true for you. It's more or less a dream come true for me. But let's get mm-hmm. started. You met Jacko and all that at Knox Grammar um, years and years ago. How did Knox Grammar, do you think, prepare you for life and in general? Yeah, I mean, Knox Grammar School since, and it's come out, it's well-documented, Supreme Court uh, judgments and royal commissions into some of the teachers that were happening in and around when we were at school. Um, But I've got to tell you, I didn't see a lot of that. Um, Mm -hmm. I certainly wasn't affected by it. And my my group of mates weren't either. So we had a really good group that we're still very close to. And even though Jacko's life has obviously gone to another level, he's still very much involved in our WhatsApp group every day when he rings yep. up. When he, when he wakes up in the morning, there's 150 messages of complete <laughs> crap from all of our mates chatting away each day. He'll then chime in with his thoughts and so forth. Um, so we've got this really close bond of friends, which is the thing that I think that Knox gave us. Yes. And also it gave us an opportunity to learn to work hard and that mm-hmm. things wouldn't come easily to you as long as you put yourself in the right position to to work hard and do well and, and have a real go and Jacko is well documented at, you know having a go is something that he decided to do as a very young man even though he may not know exactly what he was doing he was just going to give things a go and yeah. that's that have a go your mug type situation that you get from the cricket you know you yeah. hear that a lot from from um, supporters of cricket teams um, to players that perhaps are blocking and not having a, a slog you know, we heard that as youngsters and we went, that makes a lot of sense to us. So Knox gave me hard work and it gave me, you can always have a go at something. And if you fail, we can just get back up and go again. And that gave us an enormous amount of confidence, plus the friendship group. So those three things that I got from Knox are, you know, are absolutely key, if you like, of the foundations of the of the people we are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of um, Jacko and, you know, Manly and the Roosters, which is your team. Um, yeah. Let's do a little bit of a preview, for lack of a better term, of the 2022 upcoming season for the Sydney Roosters. Where do you realistically see them finishing and where do you optimistically see them finishing? Uh, Look, I think we'll finish in the top four. I think we've probably got even stronger. And if we don't get the injuries we had last year... Oh, they were decimated. If you have a look at the squad we've got, you know, even though we've lost, um, you know, quite a bit of experience in our co-captains with uh, Friendy and Boyd, We've, we've got an enormous amount of talent there mm. and lots of backup positions as well. So I think we'll go well. I think Teddy's still the best player in the game. I know that a lot of people think Tommy is. And, and <laughs> Jacko would be one of them. <laughs> it's a good argument there to be sent, you know. But Last year, he, at least he was. <laughs> oh, he was incredible. When you think about it, like Teddy, 
basically got us into the finals as well as captaining New South Wales to yep. the, the state of origin. He's done it for a long period of time. Tommy's a, Tommy and Jake are both ambassadors for Gotcha for Life, as is Teddy. So I'm very lucky. And the, the game at Brookvale in round 2021 um, will be a very special game. I can't announce exactly what it is yet because no, we haven't fine. formally announced it, but um, there's going to be a good link between Manly and the Roosters moving forward. And I live in the Manly area. I've got a lot of friends and are Manly supporters. But, you know, my dad left the family home when I was quite young and moved to the eastern suburbs. And I was about the age where I fell in love with, um, you know, footy teams. And that's yep. what I did with the Roosters going to the old sports ground, which was where the SFS is getting built, rebuilt now, but it was yep. worked on a different angle. Yep. And I used to go there with my brother and have a pie and a Mars bar and a can of Coke and watch the Roosters. And, yeah, nice. and that's where my love happened. So I think the Roosters will finish top four, obviously, if I had have my dream, would win It'd another grand final competition. And not yep. just, I mean, we're all about winning premierships, not just being in the grand final. So the whole, the whole thing, please, if I can yes. possibly have that. And then absolutely. I would have Mandy in the top four as well and us beating him in the GF. That would be I was sweet. actually going to bring that up. You and Jacko, best friends, but rivals when it comes to NRL. How did you both handle the 2013 grand final? Yeah, not well. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's good that he was in New York and I was uh, not in New York. So, well, given the Roosters one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the time difference was all a bit easier for us to not talk too much, but obviously a bit of ribbing on the way in and then a couple yep. of days later you know, at the right time, just mentioning the, did you see the game, mate? I didn't catch it. Could you tell me the score? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A bit of, that's me with my mates. I'm a Queensland fan. And every night after State of Origin going to school, I'd text my mate going, so how did New South Wales pull up last night? Yeah. <laughs> sort, of, sort of thing. Um, You've had a good run with that, haven't you? So uh, it's every, time, it's every a, year in high school. <laughs> the won. time is, the tide has turned though. So you're going to have to get a little bit coming back your way. Absolutely. It has. And I will take it with gusto because I gave it, got to make sure I get it. Um, <laughs> JL, uh, not as in anything that we've spoken about, but J, um, uh, geez, brain fighting hard right now. Cricket Australia, um, they're taking on Pakistan in just under a month or just over, give or take. How do you think yeah. they're going to handle um, the test series or the test against Pakistan, uh, Sands, uh, Justin Langer-led team? Yeah, look, I, I think the players have got exactly what they want. So it's the pressure's on to them now. They'll say that they've had JL in the, in, in the back part of their coaching over the last couple of six months anyway. So mm -hmm. the T20 World Cup and the Ashes were done with a more of a set up, which is what the players want, which is a facilitating type coach, not one that's, you know, like JL, who's grown up in that era of the coach, you know, my way or the highway. It's very much in cricket that the captain runs the the the, the place and the, and the coach then facilitates that. And that's what they're going to get, I think, with Andrew McDonald. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a tough series. Pakistan are an excellent team. And the fact is we still haven't got there yet. And I still think there might be some players that pull out, which will make it interesting in terms of um, what actual side we put out in that first test match. The one day as will come afterwards. There's no selection of that team as yet. So there may be a lot of new faces in that side. So it's a very much a suck and see. But I think for, for test cricket, it's important that we go to Pakistan. It's extremely important for Uzi, Usman Khawaja to Absolutely. go back to the country of his birth and play test cricket. So it's going to be a wonderful series. I, I wish I was going. I, I, I would certainly go. I, I would I would back the security to be able to get us through that series and it would just be wonderful to see full houses in Pakistan and Test Cricket play back 
in a place where when I was growing up, it very much was with India, the toughest place to go and, um, and, and try to win a test series. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of the like team list, you know, selections and all that, who do you think could be like a shock um, removal or a shock addition to the team? Because I, I love the fact that during the recent Ashes, we had a selection headache because we were just having, you know, stars coming out of nowhere. So who do you think retains a spot and who do you think maybe might get dropped for at least the first test? Yeah, I, I, it's really interesting what they're going to do in that opening position. You know, Warner and Kawaji, you think, are, are, are there now. But, mm. you know, Harris did really well. He did. Especially Travis, in, Travis said, well, he's an absolute lock. Smithy's a lock. Marnus is a lock. Um, I think you still go with the same keeper. Mm-hmm. So that's all good. Although Inglis is there and obviously putting a bit of pressure now in these T20s against Sri Lanka. Um, at some stage, we might pay, might play a couple of spinners. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do at that stage? You go with Agar, who's a better batsman as well as the second spinner to Nathan Lyon. But, of course, you've got the three big quicks that you can guarantee with Hazelwood coming back in there. Then what do you do with Scotty Boland? You know, right, that's amazing. it. What do you do with Scotty Boland or Joe Richardson or Cameron Green? Why? I mean, well, Cameron Green bats at six and now could actually be one of the bowlers if we go with a couple of spinners because he's bowling yeah. at 140, 145. So like you say, we thought we had depth. Now we know we've got depth That's after it. the yeah. Ashes with everything that happened. So, And plus we've had Steve Smith taking over the captaincy as well, which has happened in the Ashes. So there's a lot of stuff that happened last summer, which is good for Cricket Australia yes. in terms of the playing team because absolutely. we now know that we've got we've probably got 18, 19 players that we can absolutely go, you know what, they'll do a job if given the opportunity. So it's a good touring party. They'll probably all play a part in, at some point, yep. um, you know, injuries-wise, COVID-wise still. So even yeah, Waterboy-wise, they'll have everyone to. involved. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and obviously the elephant in the room got you for life. What was the inspiration behind starting that and where it's at now? Yeah, so Gotcha for Life started off the back of a TV show I did on the ABC called Man Up. And you can still see that Man Up program if you and your uh, listeners would like to. It's on their iView catch-up I'll put it in service. a link below for the episode for sure. Thank you. So there's three one-hour episodes on me challenging masculinity in this country and why we lose so many blokes to suicide every single day. We lose seven blokes a day, two women a day, and we have someone attempting suicide every 28 seconds. That means in, this in, country, this, so. that means in the 19 minutes that we've been chatting, close to hundreds, more or less, have already attempted, which is yeah. very, very disheartening. Well, exactly. One every 28 seconds. So it's it's big, you know, and, and people tend to sort of forget about that um, and they sort of get along with their life. And I'm like, you know what, we need to be made aware of it and we need to know how to have a conversation of gravity outside of, um, banter because we're very good at banter talking about sport the weather yep. work a little bit of stuff around family relationships taking the piss having a laugh that's all what Aussies do but at some point you've got to find someone who's got you for life someone that's it who absolutely will listen to you may not have all the answers but can then be part of your team that can help you get through the type of stuff that life throws at you so after man up I started the foundation got you for life and it was all about men's mental fitness and then yep. it became all Australians and, and yeah. all people, because at the end of the day, we're all affected by it. So we started five years ago in March coming up and yeah. we've been able to donate nearly $7 million wow. to people that work in suicide prevention. And I believe it's all about 
suicide prevention. It's all about Absolutely. educating people to how to have that conversation and not being down the crisis end, but being at the prevention end with education. And that's what I've dedicated my life to now is I've obviously got the balance between, you know, doing my own podcast, which is about to come out to, oh, wow. to my work at Triple M. I do the drive show now four to six in through New South Wales and Sydney mm-hmm. and then gotcha for life. So they're the three focuses when it comes to work. And then of course, you know, the, the work of being a father and a husband and a friend to a whole lot of people too. So that keeps me pretty busy. No, that's awesome. Um, and what events does Gotcha for Life uh, partake in or hold or whatever throughout the year, just so people can know, you know, where they can see Gotcha for Life stalls and whatnot? Yeah, sure. So if you go to gotchaforlife.org, there's events there. Every single week we have events. Every month we have three free workshops where people can come along, whether it's um, – uh, virtually or whether you can come along if it's in your local area to actually learn what it takes to be a man and a woman today compared to when the rules were set all those years ago. And yep. to sit in one of those rooms for a couple of hours and to see how many other people are in the room that are sponges that are looking for information to be better husbands, be better boyfriends, be better wives, be better aunties, better uncles, people. Be better, just be better people. That's right. Um, it's incredible. And so many people are writing stuff down and they're getting information that we never got taught at school. So this is the important stuff now. And I want to be the best possible person I can be. And it's not about reinventing the wheel. It's about just letting people know that there's a different way of doing things. And we can't keep doing the same thing over and over again, because if we did, we'd continue to get the same results. And that's seven men a day, two women a day, and one every 28 28 seconds attempting. So we just can't we cannot continue to go down that path. We need to do something different. And that's what we can do at Gotcha. So if you're interested in helping, um, go to that website. There's information there to donate, to Links put on an event for us. For anyone to listen or watch, well, etc. You can also put an event on for us. We've got people at the moment, Love you to. know, doing swims, doing runs, doing walks and getting people to support them as fundraisers and then giving us that money to allow us to go and do the work that we're doing. And that's the absolute key to it. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm currently in Tweed Heads and I'm doing some flag football stuff. May even do a charity flag football thing. Perfect. So, like, any, honestly, I mean, I'd love to get on board with that. Any, any, Anything that anyone does, you know, sometimes it's just a young girl who might have lost a dad who puts a lemonade stall outside a house and she makes $30 on the weekend through to big corporations like Chemist Warehouse that give us the month of June where they support us with products and they've given us you know, nearly $3 million over the last wow. five years. So it really doesn't matter how big or small, everything really, really is important to us. Every $40 exactly that, we, that we receive gives someone else another spot at our workshop. So that's the key. Every 40 bucks could save a life potentially. Absolutely. And honestly, that's an amazing thing, an amazing, an amazing initiative. And it's, yeah, I just got some quick fire fun questions for you now to sure. round out the interview. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite movie of all time? <laughs> um, Shawshank Redemption Oh, great film Great film uh, Favourite band or musical artist? I get a lot of stick for this Especially yeah. being on Triple M But Michael yeah. Bublé Okay, okay, that's I know, interesting I know people say that he only defrosts in November And sings <laughs> a few carols in December But he's, been, he's, he's written some songs over the journey Where it's been really very important to me and yep. I just love the fact that he's kind and nice and, um, you know, it's easy to listen to. 
yeah, like one of my favorite songs by him. He's not my favorite artist, but it's probably a cop out you could say because it's such a popular song. But it's a beautiful day. It's such a good song. So such great. a good song, isn't it? Like when you think about it, the lyrics behind it, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah. What's your beer and or drink of choice? <laughs> um, I've been on the Moretti's lately. These okay. Italian lagers, which are absolutely beautiful, but I basically stick to three drinks. Yep, uh, four four drinks now. I found another one. So. Like a cocktail is a Negroni. Yep. If any of your listeners are listening, look up Negroni. They're beautiful. I like Pinot, which yep. is my red wine. I like whiskey. Yep. And I like and I like beer. Yep. And be- beer can be whatever. I- I'm really I'm the type of guy that goes to a bottle shop and tries to find a six pack of something I haven't had before. I'm the same. And I grab yep. that. You know, especially with the footy season coming up. Yeah. Having a six pack on a Friday night, pizza there for the first game you know it's 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 one of those real treats that i that i give myself absolutely and obviously we've covered rugby league and cricket is there any other sports that you absolutely love that people may not know yeah i love it i love the epl i love liverpool i've been a massive liverpool fan for i'm a leeds united tragic well you would have to be tragic to support leeds united (laughs) Um, but I love the fact that they're back in the EPL. Yes. They're a big club. And obviously, you would have fallen in love with them with um, a few Aussies playing for them when you were young, Absolute, younger. Absolutely, with, yep. And family and, from Leeds as well. Okay. So that's 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 a nice link. And for me, my father went across when I was five. I was about to start playing for the Bannockburn Rovers under sixes. Mm-hmm. And he brought back a jersey. And it happened to be a Liverpool jersey. So, awesome. you know, it could have been absolutely anything. But I've fallen in love with him. So was my son. One of the great days I've ever had was taking him to Anfield at a European night. And I'd love to, to go to Ellen Road. That's one of my bucket list things. Well, you got to do it. You know what I mean? The world's opening up again now. So you just got to say, you know what? Life's too short. And don't always think you're going to have time to do these things. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the, Buddha, the Buddha tells us, you know, that the worst thing a human being thinks is they've got time. You don't. No, so you do, don't. do things when you can. Grab your missus and go, you know what? What do you want to do in England? This is what I want to do. And let's go and do these events. Let's go and do these incredible um, experiences together. You know what I mean? No, absolutely agree. I love the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Um, Okay. You're uh, a Cowboys fan. I'm a Packers uh, fan. Well, you've had more success lately than me. But (laughs) again, um, a friend of mine in the streets when we were growing up, um, his dad was a tennis player and he had a ranch over there and he'd always come back with T-shirts. And of course, you know, you're down at someone's place, you're having a swim and yep. you grab someone's T-shirt, whack it on or whatever. And so I fell in love with the Cowboys as a young bloke as well. But to be honest with you, I love everything. Um, yep. But, you know, cricket and rugby league would probably be the the, the top of the tree. Now that's fair enough. Um, I'm just looking at the questions, favorite movie, all time favorite band. Uh, during the big lockdown in 2020, and you could say there was a big one last year. So both of those, what was your Netflix binge? <laughs> um uh what was it well there's a few yep. <laughs> believe me I, I i can hit one and keep going i we had i went on stan okay and and found billions yes how good is billions just so good and then i went on to netflix and ozark was on yep. so i i was like two years late to that so i <laughs> i only i literally just caught up and just finished the first half of series four mm-hmm. um I lumped one called The Boss, which was only um, one series, which is all about the mayor of Chicago. So if any okay. of you listeners like that, yeah, um, that it, it, it seems like it was building to something and then it just ended. And okay. I looked it up and they just, for whatever reason, they, they didn't do it. But that was really great. Um, so they were my sort of go-tos, if you like. But yeah. 
I, I was I was like a bit of a uh, if so I'd throw it out there on socials and someone would come back and I'd give it a go and yep. some stuff was good and some stuff wasn't but how good was technology to get us through the type of stuff right. we were doing but to be honest with you I did a from this spot here I did about a thousand presentations to <laughs> to companies who were desperate to build mental fitness amongst their staff and. I think the biggest one I did was over 15,000 people. Oh, wow. And in, in the smallest one I did was a one-on-one where I was on one night in a country town and one lady had enough internet bandwidth to be able to get hold of me and everyone <laughs> else wasn't on the on the call. So um, as long as I'm out there chatting about mental fitness and and talking to like-minded people, I'm, I'm happy. Absolutely. And that's, that's amazing. Um, and I think I'll go one more question and then we'll wrap it up. And sure. I'd say, um, what advice would you have for anyone who would want to try and get into, you know, media or wants to start a non-for-profit organization sort of stuff? Yeah, so there's two different questions there. The first yep. one, in terms of the media, um, there's probably more opportunity than ever now because like yourself, you're in media now. You're running your own podcast out of your own home. And if you get a bit of a thing going and you're good at it and people like it, then there's an opportunity there because unfortunately we do live in a world that's very much about popularity and, and, and celebrity. Absolutely. Um, that's certainly how I got my start. And obviously I think I've changed now the last five years since man up and gotcha for life. I've certainly changed, mm -hmm. but initially I was given the opportunity because I, I was in there at Triple M talking about a TV show. So, yep. you know, I, I was lucky that way. But um, if you really, truly believe you want to go there, then just go for it. You know, yep. like there's no time like the present. So knock on doors, talk to radio shows, talk to radio stations, talk to TV stations, offer to work on the weekends for free. Just get yourself in the game. That would be my advice. People are really willing to give people a chance. Um but a lot of young people tend to want to jump in at the CEO level. And the <laughs> yeah. thing is that it doesn't work that way. So that would be my advice there. And in terms of running a non-for-profit, um, very emotional work. Um, you have to be absolutely dedicated. You have to be absolutely passionate. Passion will only get you so far. So that's why you need to have a strategy and you need to have good people around you. So what I would say, if you want to start a non-for-profit, look around to see if there's one already that sort of mm -hmm. aligns with what you're trying to do and then perhaps support them and make them stronger Then go out and, and build another one because we've got so many out there that are struggling. Um, we need people helping the ones that are going okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great message because that's kind of, you could say more or less the same re-podcasting. They're a bit oversaturated because every man and their dog has one, but only yeah. the, like, but instead of that, why not be a producer on one to start, you know, stepping through and then maybe start your own one. Same with the non-profit organizations. That's honestly amazing, amazing um, advice for anyone who was listening when this goes up. Uh, this episode will probably be up. What's today? Wednesday. It's Wednesday today, isn't it? Surely. It yes, is, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll be up on Friday because I've got to do, you know, editing as in the intro and all that. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for your time. I won't keep you any longer. Have a good rest of your day. And of course, when the episode is up, I'll send you the link on LinkedIn or whatever sort of thing. Tag you, all that jazz. No worries. Happy to help. I'll, I'll send it out once you send it to me. And it was lovely talking to you, mate. And uh, get your ass over to Ellen Road. Oh, 100% I will. And one last thing, I'm also definitely going to get on to doing some sort of event with uh, Gotcha for Life. I don't know what it'll be, but I'm brainstorming already. <laughs> Whatever you do will be great. Just uh, There's not enough people that action their thoughts. And mm. uh, 
if you get a thought, it's a good one, write it down and then say, right, how am I going to do it in the next three months? Like start the process because otherwise life gets too busy and you just end up not doing stuff that you really want to do and that you think is going to be good fun. So, And that you think you'll have time for. But again, yeah. like you said, the thing, you, you don't have time. So, you just know, there's no time like the present. That's exactly it. Exactly it. Anyway, mate, take care and thank you very much. My pleasure. You take care, brother. You Bye-bye. too, mate. Thank you.